0: At 1:45 in the morning yesterday, US Marshals arrested a 26-year-old man outside of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home. The young man had traveled across the country carrying a gun, ammo, pepper spray, a knife, a crowbar, and zip ties among other tools to help him murder Justice Brett Kavanaugh and very possibly his wife and two daughters, all of whom were home at the time of the incident. According to reports, the would-be assassin was angry that the court might overrule Roe v. Wade, which he learned after a leftist leaked the opinion. And so he set out to Kavanaugh's home address, which he found on the internet after a leftist group doxed the justice. Really scary stuff for our system of government. But at least we can take some comfort that even the Democrats have urged their supporters to leave the justices and their families alone, Right? Right? Oh no, wait, just kidding, they've been encouraging threats and illegal demonstrations the whole time. These activists posted a map with the home addresses of the Supreme Court justices. Is that the kind of thing this president wants to help your side make their point?
1: Look, I think the president's view is that there's a lot of passion, a lot of fear. Uh, a lot of uh, sadness from many, many people across this country about what they saw in that leaked document. Uh, We obviously want people's privacy to be respected. We want people to protest peacefully if they want to to protest. That is certainly what the president's view would
0: be. So he doesn't care if they're protesting outside the Supreme Court or outside someone's private residence? I,
1: I don't have an official U.S. government position on where people protest. I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about Uh, protests that have been peaceful to date and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges homes and that's the president's position.
2: I want to tell you Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions.
0: You've got to give Schumer points for follow through. The Democrats have, in fact, unleashed a whirlwind against our justices, against their families, against the separation of powers, and against our entire system of government. And you want to hear the sickest part of it all? Do you know what the pro-abortion crowd did last night, just hours after the armed assassin was arrested outside the judge's home? The pro-abortion crowd showed up again, for another illegal protest. They marched and they drummed and they intimidated the justice again while his children tried to eat their dinner and go to sleep. If at first they didn't succeed, these psychos showed that they're just gonna try and try and try again. I'm Michael Knowles, this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show, my favorite comment yesterday is from Steve Robson. says, all I'm trying to say to you is the economy is in a better place than it has been historically. I suppose it is better than trading puka shells and glass beads to one another. That's true. If you look into history, you can find pretty much anything. So maybe our economy is presently better off than at some point in history, but certainly not most points in history, which is why you might want to look to protect your retirement and your investments in some really smart ways. That's why you got to check out Alto IRA. Right now, go to altoira.com slash Michael. Insider intelligence estimates that by the end of 2022, the number of US adults who own at least one cryptocurrency will climb 19% to $33.7 Some surveys show that as many as 85% of millennial millionaires own crypto. How about you? Do you own any Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, or other cryptocurrency? If you don't, and you're not sure where to start, you should check out Alto IRA. Alto IRA offers alternative investment opportunities like private companies, crypto funds, real estate, venture capital, and more. Alto IRA, in particular, is a great way to start investing in trading in crypto with a tax advantaged retirement account. No commissions, no paperwork. I'm not great at this stuff, Alto makes it so easy. I don't even need to think about it. You can start investing with as little as 10 bucks. No setup charges. Create your account, transfer the funds, you can start investing. Open an Alto Crypto IRA account with as little as 10 bucks. Go to altoira.com/michael. a l t o i r a.com/michael Start investing in cryptocurrency today, altoira.com slash Michael. The fact that these leftists showed up at Kavanaugh's house again, just hours after the assassin was foiled in his plot to kill the justice, and presumably his family too. The the assassin said he wanted it to be a murder-suicide, but he's going to go in there and shoot Brett Kavanaugh. His wife is right next to him in the bed. You don't think the wife is going to do something? You don't see a world in which she ends up getting hurt too? What about his two daughters? So thankfully, the assassin is foiled, and then the mob shows up again. It's illegal to protest outside of judges' houses. It violates federal law, and yet law enforcement does nothing about it. They they turn a blind eye to it. And and these leftist mobsters have absolutely no shame. They show up again. It reminds me of that scene in Casino, speaking of mobsters. You know that scene in Casino where Joe Pesci is sitting there, and he's talking to the banker? And he says, if you don't get me my money, I'm gonna go down to that bank on a break your effing skull. And then in about five, 10 years, when I'm getting out of prison, you might be getting out of your coma. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to crack your effing skull again. That's what I do. I'm stupid. I don't care about you. That's what these leftists sound like. They go, oh yeah, we're going to send an assassin to your door. And then, oh, and then you're going to foil the assassin because of the two US marshals that are sitting outside. And they're going to arrest him and and it's not going to work and Kavanaugh is going to get to live another day. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to show up to your door again. That's what we're stupid. That's our business. That's what we do. That is their business. And they're going to keep it up. They're not going to stop. And they're going to be encouraged by the people at the very heights of government. And you're going to see some lip service paid to how people shouldn't be violent. And no, no, they should. Don't do that. Don't be naughty. But, but maybe show up to their houses, even though it's illegal. And maybe, maybe yell some threats, just to put a little pressure. And maybe unleash the whirlwind. And maybe quote Maxine Waters on all of the conservative public figures. Get up in their face and push back on them and say you're not welcome here. And go to their homes where their children sleep. But no, we don't want violence. We don't want threats. But maybe show up outside their little daughter's window and start screaming and intimidating them. But no, but hey, look, we wouldn't do that. Jen Psaki is trying to weasel her way out of this. Jen Psaki was, and this is uh, you know, not, not at the very moment of the attack. This is just after the, the public backlash against Jen Psaki, saying, we don't have a position on where, these, on where these protesters show up. No, we don't. She's sitting there answering questions from the audience. And a questioner says, hey, do you regret that kind of language that puts the judges into danger? And she says, what, what are you talking about? A
2: week ago, after the Roe v. Wade protests were happening yeah. in front
0: of the Supreme Court Justice's houses,
2: you said, and I quote, um, we certainly can continue to encourage that people protest outside of judges' homes. I now, never said that. I'm quoting from.
1: I said peacefully.
2: Yeah, sure, peacefully. That's
1: a key word in there, isn't peacefully, it? Peacefully,
2: regardless, they're protesting because they're trying to impact the results. It's a federal crime to protest outside of Justices' Homes to impact the results. So my question is, do you regret encouraging people to protest outside of Justices' Homes? Even if it is peaceful, it still is a federal crime.
1: Well, first, thank you for your question and bring it forward. Let me first say, because I think facts matter and facts are important, I never, I never encouraged anyone to protest. I encouraged them to do, engage peacefully and to do it without violence, without threats and without intimidation. And that's something I said many, many times and I think is vitally important. It is also true that peacefully protesting in places where it is legal, and it is legal in many places in the country, including outside of some places in the country for sure, is something that is that is allowed.
0: Every time she's about to say something, the thing she's about to say she realizes is wrong or illegal or dishonest. And so she tries to change it. I never said that people should protest. The kid goes, I'm literally quoting from you. Yeah, well, but I wanted it to be peaceful. Sure. That's actually irrelevant to my question. It's illegal to protest violently or peacefully outside of a judge's home to affect the results of a case. Well, yeah, but look, I never told people to protest. I told them to, well, you you literally did. I told them to engage, engage peacefully. And look, that's legal. It's actually not legal. It's explicitly illegal in the US code. Well, no, but it's legal outside of place, some certain places. And anyway, I and she's just moving the goalposts. There's nowhere to move them to. Anywhere she puts down the goalpost, she is wrong. She encouraged people to do a thing that's illegal, to say nothing of immoral and reckless. So she's trying to walk it back that that isn't going to work. CNN is trying to deflect. So CNN realizes, gosh, there's this assassin who showed up. Yikes, maybe our rhetoric was a a little hot. Okay, well, let's just say that it's not the Democrats. It's not the leftists. It's both sides.
3: Very little detail at this point, Kate, other than to say uh, it's an, uh, this man is uh, he's an adult man from California. We don't yet know what the nature of the threat was. We don't know what language the threat was uh, or what kind of weapon this man might have had uh, if he had one at all, uh, because the information at this point uh, is just so thin. But, Kate, this this. certainly contributes to this overall threat landscape we've been talking a lot about the major concern here with this abortion ruling from federal officials and they've been sounding the alarm alarm on this for about a month is that Supreme Court justices will certainly be you know potentially targeted by violent extremists who are angered over this pending ruling that is poised to strike down Roe v Wade this is an extremely passionate issue there are emotions on both sides federal officials have made clear over and over they believe the Risk truly comes from both sides of this abortion debate. Uh, so, certainly, this case, uh, you know, really solidifying what federal officials have been warning about. People are angry.
0: Yes, the pro abortion assassin uh, who showed up to Brett Kavanaugh's home after he was encouraged to show up to Brett Kavanaugh's home by <laughs> some of the most prominent Democrats in the country. I think the lesson we need to draw is it's really both sides. It's really, most importantly, I th- it's not just one side. It's definitely not us. It's both sides. How on earth could it possibly be both sides? First of all, the political violence that we have seen in recent years has been statistically 100% from the left. The nearest thing that they can point to as political violence was the January 6th, the worst, the January 6th, the worst day ever in history when a horn hat guy danced around the Capitol rotunda. And then they tried to lie about it and say that the January 6thers killed cops didn't happen. It was completely made up. Even the left had to admit that it was made up. So they can't point to anything else. Meanwhile, we can point to BLM. BLM killed dozens of people, burned down the country for eight months at a time. We can point to this assassin here. We can point to that lunatic who almost killed Steve Scalise at the congressional baseball game. He was a Bernie bro. We can go down the list. At the political violence in this country aimed at public officials, it's from the left. But furthermore, why would the pro-lifers be upset? Why would there be violence? According to the leaked opinion, we're going to get what we want. We're going to get the overruling of Roe v. Wade. So not only is the, is the violence not coming from both sides, it is completely incoherent that it would come from both sides. It's coming from the left, and the libs who encouraged this for months don't want to claim any responsibility for it. Now, when you want to take responsibility, not just for your decisions, not just for your actions, but for your automobile, you need to go check out rockauto.com. Right now, go to rockauto.com and write Knowles in there. How did you hear about us, Spock? So they know that we sent you. I had dinner with a friend of mine the other night, and my friend is very handy. He knows how to build things. He's an engineer. And he told me, he said, Michael, you know, I'd I'd heard the ad on the show many times, so I went to rockauto.com, and they legitimately are the greatest source for auto parts, for your car, for your truck, for whatever, whether you're a pro, whether you're a do-it-yourselfer. They've got the best prices. He even said, he said, you know, I'm very familiar with lots of these services. By far, the Rock Auto catalog is the easiest to navigate. They've got all the parts, so you don't just need to take my word for it you can take my friend's word for it too. And you can take the word of the many, many customers who have been served by rockauto.com for more than 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now. Get any part that you need for your car or truck. No gimmicks, always the lowest prices. Write Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. The left has been drumming a specific line for years now with increasing volume and intensity. And the line is that the right poses a dangerous, violent, insurrectionist, terrorist threat to America. Nicole Wallace on MSNBC had the misfortune of of promoting that line just slightly before the leftist assassin showed up to Kavanaugh's house.
1: If Mr. Whitfield's mother was killed by foreign terrorists, the Democrats and the Republicans on the committee would be promising him the moon. Um, What is I mean, is it as obvious as it seems that domestic violent extremists are an important part of the voting coalition on the right? I mean, what is the structural impediment to pardoning the homeland against domestic violent extremism?
0: Really awkward timing here, because five seconds after Nicole Wallace says this, her own side gets caught trying to murder a Supreme Court justice, a conservative Supreme Court justice. But the reason she's saying this is because she's trying to make a big show out of the January 6th hearings, which nobody cares about. It's like Fetch in Mean Girls. They keep trying to make it happen. It's not going to happen. Nobody cares. And the more information we learn about January 6th, the less serious it seems, the more farcical it seems. So she's making this argument for a reason, not because it corresponds to the facts, but for a really basic political reason. It's because if the left can paint the right as as violent terrorist, insurrectionist extremists, if, if they can say that terrorists are an important part of the coalition of the right, then they can more easily ostracize the right, deprive them of their basic rights, us of our basic rights, kick us off of social media, n- make it more difficult for us to participate in the political process, and then they'll gain a little bit more power. If you just look at the facts, the whole thing is absurd. Kamala Harris raised money to bail violent domestic terrorists who actually committed crimes during BLM and were arrested for it out of prison. She posted a link. Joe Biden's staffers did the same thing. Maxine Waters told her constituents to push back, get in the faces of Republicans in public. Chuck Schumer, we're coming for you, Kavanaugh. You've unleashed the world. The go- Hillary Clinton says you can't be civil with your political opponents. The list goes on and on and on and on, and the left never acknowledges that. Can you think of one example of people on the right suggesting anything even remotely close to what the left has been calling for in terms of aggressive, intimidating, threatening political engagement? No, you can't. You can't think of one example The closest would be January 6th. And what did Donald Trump say? Be peaceful. Protest out in this public space where it's legal to protest. Outside in that public space, peacefully be peaceful. So even that, the best example they've got is completely weak. It's all on the left. But they do it. They do it so that they can ostracize us. Now, sometimes, sometimes when people get a little aggressive and they start protesting, the law enforcement will actually come in there. I know this is confusing because for eight months during BLM when they were burning the country down, law enforcement basically stood back because of the political order to do so. But for instance, there was a pro-abortion protester who showed up yesterday in front of the president's motorcade. And the Secret Service did not let that go on too long before they tackled her. She's gonna get hit by a car. <laughs> There's this lunatic lady with a bullhorn She's screaming at the president's motorcade, but not for long. There we go. There are the cops. And they're taking her down. And yeah, there's no there's no giving them space to protest. Remember they said that during BLM? People need space to express them. No, uh, not, not when you're threatening the Democrat president of the United States. Then you get taken down to the pavement in two seconds. You see some other people gathering around trying to form a little bit of a mob, like you often see when the cops are arresting criminals. Yeah, not this time. You've got cops there. You've got secret service. This ain't going to happen. They're going to shut it down real, real fast. So they can do it. It's actually refreshing to see law enforcement able to do their jobs. I think they've always been able to do their jobs, but given the political green light, given the political light to go in and actually enforce the law, because in a lot of cities, you've got DAs, you've got mayors. You've got political leaders who say, no, police stand down, don't do anything. Let the criminals do whatever they want and not here. And it's refreshing because it means, oh good, we can have law and order. We don't need to tolerate this political violence, except that the Democrats sometimes find it convenient to allow this to happen. And so they encourage it and they tell the cops to stand down. The other really interesting thing about this clip, who's threatening Biden? It's not a conservative. It's not a right winger. It's a left winger. It's a far left winger. And I have heard from some of my friends in Washington D.C., that the, the threats that they are getting, and even the attacks that have been made on certain Democratic officials, they're not coming from the right. They're coming from the radical left. Chuck Schumer just a few weeks ago made the claim that when he was actually defending protests outside of Kavanaugh's house, he made the claim that there are protesters out of his, outside of his house frequently, three times a week. What he didn't tell you is the protesters are from the left. It's the radical left that's protesting him. And so when they're when they're going after the Democrats, then all of a sudden we see the need for law enforcement and, and law and order and getting tough on crime. When they're just disrupting society, creating havoc, burning down businesses, then they need space to express themselves. Then they need to stand back. People don't want this kind of crime running amok. It's not just the Republicans, it's not just the moderates, it's the Democrats too. Really great news out of San Francisco. The San Francisco district attorney, Chesa Boudin, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, was just brought up in a recall election because of how terrible he is on crime and how awful that city has become. And he was recalled. He was successfully recalled. His political career is deader than disco. He wasn't recalled by Republicans. How many Republicans are left in San Francisco? Three. This guy was recalled by Democrats, by moderates, by centrists, probably by some real true rock-ribbed libs as well. Because people don't want to live like this. This can happen. It happened in New York. Remember, this happened in New York during the Giuliani years. New York City is a pretty blue place, but it had become disgusting and filthy and destroyed by years of Democratic misgovernance and maladministration. And so they elected Giuliani in to arrest the derelicts and the bums and the criminals and the thugs and the pimps and the drug dealers and send them packing. And he did that and the city got a whole lot better. The, re- the recall against Chesa Boudin was supported by 61% of San Francisco voters, according to early returns. Not even close. How about the LA mayor's race? Do you know in, in LA, A kind of sort of Republican may become the mayor of Los Angeles, the place that I just fled for Nashville. Rick Caruso is a billionaire real estate developer. He is a Democrat now. Before that, he was an independent. But for at least a decent portion of his life, he was a Republican. Rick Caruso was running against Karen Bass. Karen Bass has been around Southern California a long, long time. She's a very prominent congressman. She was vetted by Joe Biden to potentially be vice president. But she's an actual communist with actual associations with actual (laughs) communist organizations. And so Biden picked over her and, and went to Kamala Harris. It's pretty, pretty sad when you lose out to Kamala Harris. So then Karen Bass decides to run for mayor. You got Caruso versus Bass. Bass should have run away with this. This should have been so easy for her. In the early returns, Caruso beat her. But because neither got a majority of the vote, now they're going to head to a runoff. You might end up with a kind of sort of maybe type of former Republican mayor in L.A. That's, that's how bad things have gotten. People want a good society. They want to live in a place where there is human flourishing. I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday. We were talking about freedom. Both sides want freedom, right? Everybody loves freedom, and everybody accuses the other side of not wanting freedom. But there are two kinds of freedom that are in conflict right now, in San Francisco, in Los Angeles, all around the country. The one is the licentious perversion of freedom that says freedom is me doing whatever I want whenever I want to do it. Me shooting up heroin on the street. Me stealing stuff from Walgreens. Me protesting wherever I want to protest and yelling and screaming and intimidating people. Just pursuing my basest appetites. Then there's a, there's a higher kind of freedom, a political freedom, what the founding fathers might have called ordered liberty, that where you actually restrain some of your individual passions and you exercise your political freedom, the freedom of a community to say, no more. We don't want this. We don't want the drug dealers and the pimps and the criminals and the thugs. We don't want that. We, we have the freedom. We have the right to kick that crap out of our community. That is the freedom that is winning right now. And I think that is the freedom that should be winning. I think that's a much higher, more noble freedom than the cheap individual licentiousness that says freedom is shooting up a needle in my arm. But regardless of what I think should be or shouldn't be or the moral arguments, I'm just telling you for a fact, that is the freedom that is winning right now. That is the freedom that people desire. And if candidates want to win their elections, I'm, I'm specifically talking to the Republicans who have a real opportunity here. Talk to that freedom. Cut it out with this you-do-you just don't make me pay for it kind of crap. That's not what people want. People are looking at the results of that kind of silly petty farcical licentiousness and they realize it's destroyed their communities and their countries. People want that higher order. If you If you run for office right now on locking up the thugs and cleaning up the street and getting the, the human defecation and needles and drugs off the street, you will win in a landslide. It's happening in San Francisco for goodness sakes. We've got to get back to basics, one of the most basic questions out there. What is a woman? It's the question that has swept the country. I knew this movie was going to be great. I had seen early cuts of it, and Walsh absolutely kills it. I mean, he is just incredible in the movie. The whole idea was so great. The guy flew to Africa to do it, so I knew the movie was going to be a huge success. I'll tell you, it has exceeded even my already very high expectations for how successful it is. This week, What is a Woman became the number one most popular movie at home on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a 97% audience score. Do you know what the critics score is? There isn't one. There isn't one because the critics won't even watch it. This is the most watched, most talked about movie at home in the entire country right now. And the critics don't want to talk about it because they can't answer the question. <laughs> answer the question. If it's such a joke, if it's such a farce, if it's such a cheap shot, then answer the question. They can't do it. They can't do it. And they don't want to admit that the movie is really great. If the movie were no good, the critics would review it so that they could pan it. But they know that the movie is very high quality, very high production quality, good narrative quality. And so they can't do it. So anyway, go sign up right now. Go to whatisawoman.com. Become a member. Watch the film today. We'll be right back with a lot more. There is one political fact that is giving me some pause for the Republican tidal wave that's probably going to happen in November. And the fact is, Democrats steal elections. Republicans have stolen elections too. Democrats are better at it, and they do it more often, and they're more sophisticated at how they do it. This is not a crazy conspiracy theory. This is not me with my tinfoil hat. Before you kick me off YouTube and social media libs, I'm just reading the news a former U.S. congressman, Michael Ozzie Myers, who is a Democrat congressman and just a Democrat political operative all around. Uh, This guy was just caught and pled guilty to fraudulently adding votes for candidates. Not a million years ago, by the way, pretty recently, 2014, 2015, 2016. He stuffed ballot boxes so that he could undermine the will of voters, undermine our sacred democracy, and so that he could get his candidates into office. Where did he do it? He did it in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia. During 2020, during the election, when all the, all the numbers started to change at a certain point, it looked like Trump was going to win, and then all the numbers started to change. I pointed out, I said, look, I don't know specifically what's happening here. Maybe the election is totally above board. I don't know. I don't have the, I don't have the proof in front of me. All I will tell you is, This has a lot of the hallmarks of stolen elections. One, elections are stolen sometimes. Two, Democrats stuff ballot boxes somewhat regularly. And three, Philly is one of the places where they do it. And Pennsylvania was a real battleground here, especially because the Pennsylvania election officials completely violated the state constitution through their use of widespread mail-in ballots. So I just said, this thing kind of stinks. And people, even some people on the right said, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're, you're coping, you're, you're wish casting. I said, I'm just stating a fact. What are you talking about? Well, here it is. Here's, here's your proof. Not that we needed it. We have countless examples of Democrats stuffing ballot boxes to win elections. By the way, the, guy, the way that this guy did it, Myers, was before the ballot drop boxes and the widespread mail-ins that, that occurred because of COVID. This was back in the older days when it was much harder, back in those halcyon older days of 2016. This guy, Myers, admitted that he bribed elections judges. He he bribed Dominic DeMauro, an election judge, to add votes for his candidates, including clients who were running for judge, by the way. This happens. There's no way to root this out entirely, and that Republicans have stolen elections sometimes too. But you've got to be aware of it, and you've got to make sure that there are safeguards. You've got to make sure that there are ballot poll watchers. You've got to make sure that election day is not election month. The longer that that time frame is for people to vote, the easier it is to cheat. You've got to make sure that there aren't a gazillion places for people to go drop off ballots willy-nilly. You've got to make sure that voter harvesting is not permitted got to make sure that Democrat operatives can't just go to nursing homes and fill out ballots on behalf of their preferred candidates and convince people to sign their names to it. And then you drop them off at the box. You got to institute really, really basic protections. The serious politicians, the ones who know what time it is and are actually doing something productive. They are honest about how the game is rigged, and not just rigged at the ballot box, rigged more broadly, rigged throughout the system, rigged from the perspective of the media. Ron DeSantis, down in Florida, the media have been going after his press secretary. His press secretary is a prominent figure in politics in her own right, she's very popular on Twitter. And she's a good pugilist for her boss and for the conservatives. And so the Washington Post and all of the liberal outlets are going after her right now. Ron DeSantis was just asked if he's going to, you know, to reprimand her if he's going to kick her off of the team because of all the dirt that the liberal media have uncovered. He laughs in their face.
2: I am not deterred uh, by. Any smear piece from these legacy media outlets. Uh, the only reason they're attacking her is because she does a great job and she's very effective at calling out their lies and their phony narratives. And so whenever they're smearing somebody, you know that person is over the target. And so they're scared of that. I would be much more concerned with my press secretary if the Washington Post was writing puff pieces about her. Then I would think something <laughs> was wrong. So The thing people just need to understand with these legacy D.C., New York outlets is we don't care what you think anymore. Uh, We know you you peddle narratives. We know you lie. We know you don't care about the facts. And so you can try to smear me or anyone in my administration all you want to. All that's going to do is embolden us to continue moving forward uh, for the people of Florida. And so.
0: 100% right. That's the way you've got to look at the game. This is how I judge conservatives now. I judge them by how hard the libs are going after them. The harder the libs are going after them, generally, with some exceptions, but almost 100% of the time, generally, the better that conservative is. Because it means, as Ron DeSantis said, that those conservatives are right over the target. If, If the libs want me to stop supporting a candidate or a staff member or a political operative, they would be much wiser to just lay off, or, or as DeSantis says, to, to run puff pieces. Then I'm going to be really skeptical of that person. But they don't, the, the Washington Post, the New York Times, the liberal media, they don't have any credibility whatsoever. And so the, the more that they put on their serious face, and they clutch those pearls on their neck, and they say this person is a threat to our sacred democracy, and they probably were born on January 6th, you know, the more they do that, the more likely I am to say, oh, sounds great. Cool. When when can I vote for that person? When can I vote for DeSantis as press secretary? I don't know what she's running for, but whatever it is, I'm going to vote for it because the Washington Post does not like her. Now, speaking of protecting one's own people, good stuff from DeSantis. Politically, it's smart of him to do this too. Loyalty is very important in politics, and it's really good to show that you're willing to stand up and not throw your own people under the bus. Very important. Speaking of protecting one's own people, the bishops in Colorado are standing up. For years, it has been a scandal that Catholic bishops have not spoken up against members of their own flock who are supporting legal abortion. This is a scandal, one, because, the, because they're violating an unchangeable church teaching, which is that abortion is intrinsically evil and, and never acceptable in any circumstance. But two, it's scandalous because if you believe the Catholic faith, then these politicians who are supporting abortion are putting their own souls in mortal jeopardy, especially when they receive the Eucharist. They're eating their own damnation. If you believe the Catholic faith, that's what you believe. And so any good bishop, any good priest, any good pastor should say, hey, listen, you need to repent of your sins. The more you receive the Eucharist in a state of unrepentant, grave, mortal sin— the more you're damning your own soul, so you. I'm just even beyond your own political positions that you make publicly. I'm just speaking to you as a pastor. You've really got to stop this right now. You're harming yourself. That's what it, that's what a good pastor would do. And it's been a scandal that the, the priests and the bishops broadly don't want to touch it because well, then we're going to have to deal with the Cuomo's and the Pelosi's and the Bidens yelling at us, and it's a political maelstrom, and we just we just don't want to deal with it. Then you had Cordileone up in San Francisco. Archbishop of San Francisco, his name in Italian means heart of a lion, and he's got it. And he wrote to Pelosi and he said, look, I've tried to speak with you about this privately for a long time, but you're not doing anything. And so you're imperiling your soul and you're scandalizing the flock and I can't let you do it. I am instructing our priests not to give you the Eucharist. You cannot receive the Eucharist until you repent and go to confession and receive absolution for your sins. Well, now we've got bishops in Colorado who didn't quite go that far, but they they went pretty close. The bishops in Colorado have instructed the Catholic legislators who voted for the recent pro-abortion bill that legalized abortions up until the moment of birth to voluntarily refrain from receiving Holy Communion. Now, I, I hope that the bishops go further because what a lot of these nominal Catholic Democrats are going to do, is they're just going to receive the Eucharist anyway. And that's bad for them. And it's bad for the religious community. It's bad for the parish. That's what Pelosi did in DC. She didn't, I don't think, had the guts to do it in San Francisco to be rejected for the Eucharist, but she did receive in DC. And that is scandalous. So I I hope the bishops go further, but this is at least a step in the right direction. Good for them, really good for them that they are, that they are doing this. The, the letter from the bishops it involves multiple bishops here, and they're saying, look, you can't, enough is enough. The lesson here is courage is contagious. Okay, this would have been unthinkable a few months ago. Then you got one bishop in San Francisco of all places. He writes this letter. All of a sudden, now you're getting multiple bishops in Colorado. Where else is this going to go? We should be seeing this in New York. We certainly should be seeing this in D.C. For goodness sakes, the, the greatest national scandal of all that Joe Biden continues to, he calls himself a devout Catholic. He receives the Eucharist. This is really scandalous. And so I would hope, it's not my call to make, but I would hope that the bishops, cardinals that uh, that are responsible for Joe Biden, I hope that they stand up and they do something about it. For Biden's own good, but certainly for the good of the flock, not to mention all those unborn babies. Speaking of virtue and vice, I had to get to this. I had to get to this. I've been meaning to get to this for days. This is the Burger King pride advertisement. I don't know if you saw it. It says, time to be proud. And it's a picture of two Whoppers. But the Whoppers, one of the Whoppers has two top buns holding it together. And the other Whopper has two bottom buns holding it together. Do you get it? Do you get it? (laughs) So first of all, the, the fact that we're Using these phrases top and bottom adds a really graphic sexual component that I don't want to think about when I'm eating my processed beef at Burger King. But then even beyond that, you're seeing that the buns are not complementary anymore. Instead, they just have two of the identical parts of the bun, and this is to say that it's really good to be LGBT, LMNOP, whatever. The funny thing about this ad is that the the ad... I think it sums up what a lot of people think about the LGBT movement, which is, look, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. If you were given that burger, you'd, you'd probably take it and say, okay, well, whatever. It's a little, little weird, but okay. You'd, but you would, you would know that something is a little wrong. You, you would know <laughs> that this is not the way the burger is supposed to be. The advertisement, I think, is undercutting the message <laughs> that it wants to send. It reminds me of KLM, the Dutch Airlines, some years ago ran an ad during Pride Month. And it was these airplane buckles. And the the ribbon on the buckles was rainbow. And the ad said, it doesn't matter who you click with. And one of the belt buckles had the male and the female. So it's actually how they're referred, right? Plugs are referred to as male and female for a reason. So it had the male and the female. And then the other one was two males. So just the parts that you're supposed to click it, but they don't click in anywhere. And then the other one was two females. Same problem. They don't don't click in anywhere. And the ad undermined itself because just by the logic of the airplane seatbelt advertisement, it does matter who you click with. (laughs) You can actually, you can only click with one type of seatbelt component. Totally undermined. The messaging is a little bit incoherent now. But it just shows you that there's no logic to this movement. There's no reason to this movement. The, the reasoning changes day by day. It went from born, we're born this way and sex is immutable and no one would ever choose to be born this way to not only is sexual desire changeable, but actually sexual, sex itself is changeable. I'm a boy, but I can actually be a woman. It went from the distinction between boys and girls, men and women is so essential that we need to reorder our sexual ethics then it became actually boys and girls are basically the same, and boys can be girls and swim on the swim team, and it's no big deal. No coherence to it at all. Just a vague sense that, huh, maybe something here is a little bit off. Speaking of sexual ethics on the heterosexual side, Nick Cannon, who is an actor, he has become infamous in recent years for making certain black nationalist comments. He's gotten a little more politically active. The other thing he's really famous for now or infamous for is having lots and lots of kids. Nick Cannon just announced his ninth kid yesterday. I think he's got two kids being born this year by different women. He's got lots and lots of baby mamas. Is it baby mamas or baby's mama? Sort of like attorney general or attorney's attorneys general. I don't know. Anyway, he's got lots and lots of babies, mama. And he shows no end in sight for for creating all of these broken homes. He's already got seven kids out there, two more on the way, probably many more to come. The reason I bring up the Nick Cannon story is obviously his behavior is disordered and obviously it's selfish. And it shows that our sexual ethics problems in this country run a lot deeper than just LGBT, which everyone is talking about right now, there, there's a, a far deeper rot that gets to the, the very question of man's role—not just in the bedroom, but man's role in society and what it, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. Like those Africans that Matt talked to in his documentary, it's—it's it's more than just DNA. It's more than just your genitalia. It's more than just your chromosomes. The, those tribals that uh, Matt spoke to in Kenya he said, "To be a woman is to do the roles of a woman." To be a man is to fulfill the duty of the man. And there's a great great deal of wisdom in that, that we have duties and obligations and a role in society, and we need to stand up and defend our families and not just bang any woman that meets, pardon my vulgarity. But the other reason that I bring up Nick Cannon here is for all of those sins, for all of that sexual confusion and immorality, at least he's not killing his kids. At least he's not killing his kids. When we think about how everyone is obviously on Nick Cannon's case here, as as they rightly should be, what he is doing is far, far better, far, I mean, infinitely better than abortion, which is an option available to him, which is something that's supported by roughly half the country. Before that half of the country goes after Nick Cannon, maybe they better take a look at themselves. Speaking of sexual ethics being run amok, the Methodist churches, I guess they're, the Methodist church is going to split. And so the, the Methodist church has now brought its first drag queen pastor out to lecture on how God is nothing. So this drag queen pastor, uh, Isaac Simmons, uh, he he's writing poems about how God is nothing. I didn't even want to-, to copy this text down into my note card, so I just printed out this piece. This is in the Spectator, I believe. He says, God is nothing. He calls himself a drag evangelist. He says, the Bible is nothing. Religion is nothing. He says, God must be effing nothing if her boundaryless transubstantiated bodies of color are run down, beaten, and strewn in the streets of America instead of ruling the runways of life. He says that God is nothing but a drag queen with a microphone of biblical effing proportions. Nothing but if she were, she would be yes, queening her, her way down the runways of Montreal. So, this, this nonsense, this extremely sacrilegious, blasphemous nonsense, is bre- being preached from the pulpit by a lunatic who calls himself not only a woman, but a pastor. I'm not sure which is more absurd. Actually, I'm sure which is more absurd would be the latter. Why? Why is this happening? Why? Why does this guy who doesn't believe anything about Christianity, who is in no, who not in even the slightest degree could possibly be reasonably called a Christian, why is he insisting on calling himself a Christian pastor? To destroy Christianity. That's why. Because he hates Christianity and he wants to destroy it. And he's saying God is nothing and the Bible is nothing and everything that you know about Christianity is totally wrong and I'm going to break all the rules that's what he, that's why to destroy it in the name of inclusion because this is what the libs do the libs use the word inclusion to to mean destruction when they say we just we want to make the definition of marriage more inclusive what is the effect of that are more people included no they just destroy marriage now marriage doesn't have much of a meaning and and by the way if you can If you can take away the essential component of marriage, as it has been understood for all of human history everywhere in the world, namely the complementary nature of the sexes that men and women go together, they click like those two seatbelts on KLM Airlines. If you can take that away, then why are we going to limit marriage to two people? It's not possible to maintain that argument. That's so arbitrary. And eventually, if we follow this illogic to its illogical conclusion, we're going to end up with, with many more people permitted. In the definition of a marriage, and then a marriage is going to be indistinguishable from a town. It's just going to be a lot of people living near near one another, or not living near one another, or nothing. It's going to mean nothing. They mean destruction when they say we need just need we need to make education more inclusive. What do they mean? They mean they're going to destroy education. <laughs> they're going to get rid of the good books, and they're going to get rid of all the things that edify people, and they're going to get rid of all the standards, and they're going to they're going to destroy education, which is what they've done. We're going to, we just want, we want America to be more inclusive. What do they mean by that? They mean get rid of national borders and flood the country with foreigners so that America is indistinguishable. And so that anything even resembling a cultural inheritance goes away. It actively goes, not even just goes away because it's wiped away by the tides of foreigners with their own customs, but it's actively destroyed. When the left says we want to make such and such culture more inclusive, they mean we're going to destroy the The people in your culture that you exalt, the people in your the the founding fathers, we're going to destroy them to make the country more inclusive. The the traditions that you have here, the values that that you have, the the way that you see yourself, the national self identity we're going to destroy all of that to make it more inclusive. Speaking of inclusion, this is a story that happened last week, but I did want to get to it. Some lunatic in Paris at the Louvre tried to destroy the Mona Lisa, and this didn't work. Uh, because the Mona Lisa is, is covered in bulletproof glass. <laughs> so it would be very hard to destroy it. But some environmentalist wacko showed up and smeared cream all over the Mona Lisa to protest the sun monster or something like that. Furthermore, the story gets even better. This guy who did it dressed up as an old lady. So he's a trans vandal, a doll, as it were. Uh, he jumped out of a wheelchair, attacked the glass and screamed, think of the earth, People are destroying the earth. How, how smearing the Mona Lisa with cream would help the earth remains to be seen, but but that was his his argument. Something you notice about these attacks, they never attack crappy modern art. <laughs> these guys, these cultural revolutionaries, whether they are environmentally minded or, or sexually minded or some other other kind of minded, they never attack modern, ugly stuff, liberal stuff. They always attack beautiful architecture, beautiful buildings, old statues, old paintings, high culture. They always attack the high culture and the cultural patrimony and the tradition. They never go after the new stuff, even if the new stuff has a more monetary value to it. They never go after that because it's not really just about the environment and it's not really just about sex. And it's not really just about some flag. It's not really just about Christopher Columbus or George Washington or some guy. It's about all of tradition. It is about what Marx called the ruthless criticism of all that exists. We're not, we're not just talking about the new stuff that is being built right now. We're talking more specifically about the stuff that our civilization has lived with for a long time. This is why these attacks matter. The left says, why do you care? Why do you care? Why why do you care so much about Roe v. Wade? Why do you care so much about transgenderist drag queen story hour in schools? Why do you care so much about this, that, or the other thing? First of all, you guys care. The libs care a lot. You seem to care a lot more than we do. That's why the libs have spent all this time and money trying to put grown men into the girls' bathroom. But why do we care? We care even over things that seem kind of trivial because we know it's not just about a man wearing a dress in, in his own bedroom. We know that this is a broader attack on everything, on all that exists, on reason, on logic, on our system of government. Why do you care about Brett Kavanaugh? Come on, throw him to the wolves. Why do you, why do you care? Why do you, during his confirmation hearings, people said this. Oh, come on, he's a bad candidate. Throw him. Who cares? Why, why do you care, to Governor DeSantis, about your press secretary? Why, come on, just let it go. Because we know that if you give these people the little tiniest part of your pinky finger, they're going to take your whole arm. That's why. We know that they are ravenous wolves who are going out there from perches of authority and, and privilege and prestige and saying, we're coming for you, Brett Kavanaugh. We're going to unleash the whirlwind. Get up on them. Push back in public. Go where their children are. We know that the stakes are so So high, we cannot give an inch. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show. Today the Matt Wall Show, a proposed law in Texas has propelled the left to openly defend child drag shows. One such defender says that childhood innocence is a myth and it's fueled by prejudice, a revealing admission. We'll talk about it. Also, a crazed leftist tries to kill Brett Kavanaugh, but you'd never know about that if you rely on the corporate media for your news. Plus, Joe Biden disintegrates on live TV while talking to Jimmy Kimmel. Joy Behar claims that black people don't have guns. We will fact check that claim. And a Disneyland employee is feeling the heat for intervening in a marriage proposal. In our daily cancellation, a popular YouTuber debunks my film, What is a Woman? Or So I'm Told. We'll take a look and see how he did all of that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show.